0: The Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun. It's going to be, and it's going to be a legendary night. Why? Well, it's not just that we're going to talk about border stuff and why the communists ruin late night comedy and problems with the Afghan refugees. What a shock. It's not just that we're going to make fun of Prince Harry. It's going to be a legendary night because of me. What? What? Chris, listen, let me explain Jack Youngblood, you may not know that name. He was a football player once, and he played a game. I think it was a playoff game, maybe even a Super Bowl game. He played a football game with a broken leg. A broken leg. Football. You know, the sport you use your legs for. I am basically Jack Youngblood. What, Chris? I'm basically Jack Youngblood right now mixed in with, I mean, a bunch of war heroes or something like that. What do I mean? I'm losing my voice. I don't know that I've ever lost my voice. Chris, have I ever lost my voice? Maybe, maybe if I ever have, I don't know. So I'm a person that's going to talk to you on the radio tonight without a voice. I know you're thinking to yourself, Jesse, you're never going to be able to do it. <laughs> you have sorely, sorely underestimated me. We are going to get through an entire national show speaking to all of America with me not having a voice. Are we going to be a little heavier on the audio tonight? Ah, uh, Probably. Am I going to need like 10 guests? Hopefully not, but we're going to have to wait and see. Now. Let's begin with something not necessarily politically related. Human nature. Why do people who win a lot of money, why does it go poorly so often? So, so often. Why does this happen? In case you're wondering why I brought this up. There's an article about it out there. Some guy just won $432 million in New York. And the article goes into all these different people who've won Powerball, mega millions, and their life turns into a disaster. Why does this happen all the time? There are TV shows on this. My life, I, I think one was called My Life After the Lottery. That may not be it. You and I. We get something wrong. I get it wrong all the time. We get something wrong. And it's human nature to get this wrong, but I think it's important we at least acknowledge that this happens. I'm only going to spend a second on this, then we're going to get to Pelosi and Saki and why we're run by children and everything else. We think to ourselves, like I said, I do this all the time. We think to ourselves that next thing is going to be the thing that makes me happy or content. Yeah, I love my TV, but if I could get that 72-inch, then I'd be set forever. I'm never going to want another TV once I get the 72-inch. And then how long does that last? Oh, till the 80-inch comes out. Oh, got to have the 80-inch. We make this mistake with how much money we make. There's nothing wrong, remember, with wanting to make money. Don't be one of those people. Go make as much as you can. Yes, I know you're going to, Chris. Go make as much money as you possibly can. But don't think that next promotion with the $10,000, $20,000 a year pay bump, don't think to yourself, that's what's going to do it. Oh, once I get that promotion, I'm going to be fine. The truth is this. Once people get something they wanted, or in the case of these, you know, big lottery winners, once they get everything they've ever wanted, they just want more or, and this is what happens a lot. They get bored. People get bored. Even with when people get everything they've ever wanted. So it's not about the Powerball or Mega Millions. You're never going to win that. I mean, I hope you do, but I don't think you're ever going to win that. This is about you and me adjusting our expectations on what this life is going to bring us, right? And look, people do it in my business all the time. I see this all the time. Now, because I didn't grow up in this, you know, I'm a construction guy. I'm an RV salesman. I'm a Marine. I I didn't come up in this. I'm just happy to be here. I was happy to have a 7 to 8 o'clock at night radio show just three years ago just in Houston. And now the show's nationwide, so I'm happy the whole way. But I know so many people, friends of mine, who they always feel like the next thing is what's going to make it. No, I have to, I have to get these stations. I, I, have to make this much money. I have to, I have to write a book. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I already do radio. I have to do TV. Uh, that's going to be the thing. Always the next thing. Always the next thing. And they're miserable all the time. Don't be that. Now, we're done with that. That was just a little PSA I wanted to throw out there because we're going to move on to something else. We are a nation run by children. We are. You remember the picture of the Haiti guy. The guy from Haiti, the refugee, the pictures seen around the world with the mounted border patrol agent grabbing him by the back of his shirt. Now, again, let's recap this briefly. Horse patrol for border patrol is the norm. My buddy, I was in the Marines with him. He was in border patrol forever. He did it all the time because he knew how to ride a horse. It was simply the norm. Horses are incredible animals. They can go places men can't go. They can go for a long time. They can go places vehicles like ATVs can't go. Horses are just amazing creatures. And when you're hunting, and I don't care that that word makes you uncomfortable. Life is uncomfortable. When you're hunting illegal immigrants, horses are invaluable, invaluable, and they're great for crowd control. Why do you think cops still use them all the time? Even, I mean, super advanced cities, New York City, you see mounted patrols all the time. Why? Horses, because of their size, because of the vantage point it gives the officer, border patrol, or police, they're just really, really, really great at controlling a crowd. So if you have a sea of refugees from Haiti, really from South America, but from Haiti, a horse is a great way to keep them under control. Well, the picture, remember the picture didn't show a whip, but the media decided there was a whip. They decided if we say there's a whip, people will start to believe it. Remember, my sky is green theory once again, The pe- people will start to believe that there's a whip and... Well, we'll be able to get something out of this. Now, what did they want out of it? What did the media want out of it? Why tell an outright lie all the time? They tell outright lies all the time because they know whether something is true or not true. They know if they create enough hysteria, enough rage, if they create a big enough hissy fit out there, they will be able to prompt change, public policy change. We are at a time in this country when the children run the place.
1: People should take away that his actions make clear how horrible and horrific he thinks these images are, including an investigation, including a change of policy, uh, including conveying clearly that this is not acceptable and this is he's not going to stand for this.
0: We just stopped mounted patrols for the border patrol based on a picture people didn't like and a lie about a whip. We, we have to understand. I know you get this, but we have to understand there is no coming back from this. There's no fixing this country when the dumbest, most emotional most hysterical people in the country, they set policy. They set policy. Uh, we had a, it's a story out of New York City. You probably missed it. Uh, there's a new governor in New York, uh, the state of New York, Hokel is her name. She, of course, gets in and signs some parole uh, bill, and this bill just turns people loose out of jail. Well, They turned somebody loose out of jail. He was a violent, violent felon, 21 years old. And they turned him loose out of jail because of all the hysterical braying about jails and jails are unjust, you know, from all the communist children in this society. Do you want to know what happened when they turned this 21-year-old loose out of jail? I'll tell you what happened in just a second. But first, husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a light. They get surrounded by an angry mob. They force open the driver's side door and attempt to drag the husband from the car. He reached for his hero 2020 non-lethal weapon, shot his attacker twice in the chest, unleashed a brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant, forced his attackers to back off the couple to this day. They sleep safely. No bullets were fired. No life was lost. I have one of these, and I'm telling you, they are incredible. An incredible self-defense product. Go get one. Go to Hero2020.com. That's Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE. It'll get you a special discount. Again, that's Hero2020.com. State law restrictions may apply. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. We're about to learn here in just a second. I'm going to tell you the results of the hysterical children running society, just a brief result. But before I get to that, tomorrow, tomorrow. It's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions emailed now to jesse at jessekellyshow.com for you new listeners. Every Friday, we do Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The entire show is me answering the questions you have emailed to the show. They don't have to be political. They can be political. That's totally fine. It can be about anything. History, men, women, relationships, whatever you want, email it to ask or to Jesse at Jessikellyshow.com. We will get those answers. So I brought up this bill. Governor Hochul in New York signs this bill turning people loose from jail. Right away, 21 year old gets loose from gets turned loose from jail. You know what he promptly did? He found a 47-year-old woman and chopped her up with a hatchet. 30 times. He hit her with a hatchet 30 times. We are a nation run by hysterical children. And our illegal immigration policy in this country is run by hysterical children. We have 14,000, 14,000 Haitian immigrants, refugees, Trying to get into the country. That is a huge number, gigantic. And we can't stop them with mounted border patrol because reporters lied about the border patrol agent having a whip and because it makes people uncomfortable to actually watch illegal immigration enforcement. You can't survive that way as a nation. People do understand that there is a breaking point, right? I mean, we, we are the United States of America. I get that. We're the richest, most powerful country in the world. I get that. But no nation can withstand this forever. You cannot m- just pour poverty into your country at a level, at this level, and expect to survive. It will simply crash the system. It will crash the system. Okay, so you know that. You're probably sitting there nodding your head. You know you know that. What do you think illegal immigration enforcement, border enforcement, what do you think it looks like? What do you think it looks like? I mean... I I want you to listen to this. I I want you to listen to this. This is from Fox News really quickly. Listen to the number of illegal immigrants that have been released into the country under Biden. And you're going to be saying to yourself, while you listen to this, we should stop it. Well, I want you to think while you listen to this, I want you to think about what it looks like.
2: Under this administration, catch and release has been happening ever since the Biden administration came into office. The National Border Patrol Council, the union-representing Border Patrol officers, says more than 600,000 illegal immigrants have been released into the country.
0: Okay, you're mad about that, as you should be. You should be mad about that. But you want it stopped, okay? You want it stopped. Me too. What do you think it actually physically looks like? You hear a lot of this, stop illegal immigration. We have to stop it. This is an invasion. And yet, people got so uncomfortable with the image of a border patrol agent putting his hands on an illegal immigrant. That's what it looks like. If somebody shows up at your door, your front door tonight, and I hope this doesn't happen, but if somebody shows up at your front door tonight... And they start kicking in the door, trying to get into your home. How are you going to stop them? What are the various ways you can stop them? I mean, are there polite ways? Okay, let's say, let's say you don't want to shoot them. I get that. A lot of people don't want to take a human life. Totally get that. Probably not the tactic I would take, but I get that that's not for a lot of people. Fine. What's the polite way then? You going to push them? Punch them? Is that nice? You have to do something. Look, even if you use your hero gun, even if you use your hero 2020 non-lethal gun. Do you think that looks nice? It's non-lethal, yeah, but you're still shooting them with a chemical pepper irritant that will have them on the ground clawing at their eyes and nose. How's that look? How's that look? People, they live, which is so funny, in an era where people have access to more information, especially picture and video than ever, people still live in a world entirely of make-believe about what real life actually looks like. Real immigration enforcement, if you want it done, it involves violence. Some level of violence. No, I, I, I'm not under the impression you want a machine gun nest on the border to mow down everybody coming up. I, I, now, granted, I take that back. Somebody out there probably is, but I don't think that's your position on it. But it does involve some level of violence. Putting your hands on people. Maybe using non-lethal riot weapons on people. And yet people say all day long, secure the border, illegal immigration. We got to put a stop to this. They say it all day long. And yet you show people one tiny image of this, they freak out. They freak out. They can't handle it. What do you think it looks like? Are we a nation now entirely run by children? Is that what we are? Because how am I supposed to take this any other way? We've stopped mounted patrol because of a bad picture on the internet. Is that who we are now? Because we can't fix this country if that's who we are. All right. It's Jesse Kelly playing Hurt tonight, losing my voice, but man, I still sound so good. I can't believe it. What, Chris? <laughs> we have a lot more show for you. I have a bunch of stories. Hang on.
2: He turned to
0: me as if to say... It is the Jesse Kelly Show. What in the world kind of music is this? That was Spanish, I'm pretty sure. I blah a little bit. But joining me now, <laughs> bailing me out tonight because I'm playing hurt like a war hero out here, basically. <laughs> it's my friend Dave Reboy. Highly recommend you go get his Substack. It is some of the most interesting reading out there. Dave, I brought up, they suspended the Border Patrol agent. He got put on desk duty for not using a whip. And we have officially stopped horse patrol for the border patrol for not using a whip. We are a nation now run entirely by hysterical, emotional children. Are we not?
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, look, I mean, it, in this case, you've got both sides. Uh, you've got them playing both sides, right? So on one hand, um, you know, on on one hand, they, they can sort of I mean, they know that that. The guys on, on horseback, the border patrol, were not whipping, um, you know, these these Haitians at the border. They know that those were reins as opposed to whips. They knew exactly what's going on. But what they're doing is they're 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 you know rending rending their garments and they're crying and they're and they're using this as an excuse, basically to gut all kinds of border um, uh, border security. You know I mean their their position now at this point is that all border security is inherently um, is inherently immoral but now it's also inherently violent and you know as Maxine Waters said uh, worse than slavery.
0: Dave why is this effective okay because you just brought up Maxine Waters and and obviously we have the audio cut we've played it for people the worsted slavery why does that work? That's an absurd comparison that no person with an IQ above a, a marmot would actually believe that. And yet it actually affects public policy. Why?
3: So I think we're in this place. We've been in this place for some time, which is that nothing means anything anymore. So you can say this stuff. I mean, when she's saying this stuff, she's not speaking to um, to. Uh, let's say uh, persuadable people in the middle of goodwill, who she's trying to convince. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's hysterical. Um, but she's talking to the people who still think, you know, Donald Trump is the Russian agent, and who are completely, you know, who, who think that uh, that any immigration policy whatsoever, if it's not open borders, is inherently Nazism. I mean, this is where this is this is where we are. They're they're not speaking to normal people anymore.
0: I, I want to um, play. I, I wanna, I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to play this Maxine Waters clip for everybody, just so everybody can hear what he's talking about here. This this is a person who's part of the most powerful legislature in the world.
4: What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witness was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys with their reins again whipping black people haitians into the water where they're scrambling and falling down and all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country
0: okay dave you said nothing means anything anymore but how does that play uh, maxine waters is somebody who represents compton it's pretty much an all-black district How, honestly, is a black person allowed to say something like that? And they still love her. They call her Auntie Maxine. She'll never leave office. What am I missing?
3: (laughs) She'll never leave office, which which means that, you know, she is free to say, uh, you know, whatever she wants. She has, you know, no pun intended, free reign. Um, but, uh, But, yeah, I mean, look, you could argue with her on the merits, which is the fact that, like, actually, a, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the, these, these people weren't being whipped. And B, these people are not escaping Haiti because of the violence in Haiti. These people were in Brazil and in Mexico and in, in you know, and Colombia or, or, you know, elsewhere in, in Latin America, many already with, um, you know, who are refugees with, uh, you know, with, with legal status over there in those countries. And they just decided to come here. So I mean, none of this is true. It's all—it's—it's it's just you know—it's—it's—it's a, it's, it's a tissue of lies, um, but it doesn't mean anything. And and like, I mean, we can keep getting ourselves you know worked up and 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 pissed off about when you know detestable, contemptible people like Maxine Waters say what they say, um, you know, but. Um, we do have to keep it in perspective, though, I think, because it's like, you know, she's crazy. She's saying what she's saying. We should never forget. I mean, this is something that you say a lot, which is great, which is like, you know, uh, never forget who these people are and what they would like to do to you if given the opportunity. Dave. And, uh, you know, and, and, and sort of like that's where we are. You know, it's another bit of information as if we needed another piece. Dave.
0: Right now, Joe Biden's approval rating is in the toilet. It's, it's actually below Kamala Harris, and we're supposed to celebrate that, and obviously I'm happy about it. I don't want the country to be thrilled, but I'm far right of mainstream America, as, as you certainly are, but I want to understand what exactly the country doesn't like. I don't, I'm not naive enough to think they don't like all the things I don't like. What are they seeing that they don't like?
3: that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, I do think that there is a bit of, um, there's a, you know, (laughs) people are obviously noticing that there's a virility gap, uh, especially between Donald Trump and, um, you know, and Joe Biden. And I mean, let's be honest, Obama was a young guy who was, um, uh, you know, who who didn't come off as, as tired and beat down. Um, you know, George W. Bush didn't really come off as tired and beat down either. Um, certainly Trump was like, you know, the Energizer bunny, um, you know, even at his age. And, you know, we're trading it in for a guy who is visibly out of it. And, um, and I think even for people who are, you know, let's say who are not that bright, who, who don't follow the news very closely, uh, it's one of those things that's blindingly obvious that you know this guy is totally this guy is totally seen out. And I think I, I mean as as he is seen more and more often, um, you know that impression only cements itself. I mean there's a reason why they kept him in the basement for, for all of last year.
0: Dave, okay, I, I'm worried about what the answer to this question is going to be. Let's just assume and I realize this is a big assumption. let's assume uh, the GOP wins a bunch of seats in the midterm. Let's assume Kamala Harris gets her doors blown off by Trump or or DeSantis or somebody in 2024. Does this GOP, do they actually do something significant for the first time ever? Or is it simply standard fare like it always is?
3: Um, It'll probably be the latter. It'll probably be, you know, oh. same old, same old. But, but we, have, we have an opportunity here, which is, that, which is that really there's one thing to do. I mean, personally, I mean, I may be, I understand, I may be, you know, completely paranoid, but I think with some justification, um, I think that, that elections in blue states hardly, you know, in deep blue states hardly even matter anymore um you know it it doesn't even ma- it just it it just doesn't even matter i think the combination of of uh of fraud through you know old school fraud plus mail in ballots and and you know and uh, and the rest of the stuff that we saw last year um will make it pretty much impossible for a republican to win in you know states um you know states where where there are uh big democrat strongholds um, so if that is the case, I would concentrate, you know, I mean, if, if I had my, you know, if, 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 uh, if I was able to, to do this, if I was a billionaire, I would fund a project right now that within the next two to four years would make sure that every state that is red now becomes deep red.
0: Dave, do you have, to, I'm sorry to even ask, do you have time to maybe hang on and do one more brief segment on this?
3: Yeah,
0: of course. Okay, we'll be right back with more Dave Rebo. I'm fascinated by this, but first. You know what Giza dream sheets are, right, from MyPillow? The world's best cotton is Giza. Super soft, breathable, yet they last forever. Yeah, I've got a deal for you. You know how I always tell you to buy two sets so you can have a set on while the other sits in the wash? Well, you're in luck because right now if you go to MyPillow.com, and you click on the Radio Listener Specials and put in the code JESSE, they're buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free. There's your two sets right there. Go. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Specials, use the promo code JESSE. You have to do that to get the deal. You get buy one, get one free. Or maybe you're driving. Call 800 845 800-845-0544. Use the code JESSE. Go enjoy the best sheets ever. Miss something? There's a podcast.
4: Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show.
0: We are back with my friend Dave Reboy doing one more quick segment with us. You go subscribe to his Substack. I highly recommend it. Now, Dave, you just said... Blue states, you would, in your opinion, you would just leave them. You don't think they can be won. And if you had billions, you would focus on red states only. Why?
3: I would focus on red states only because we need to make sure. Look, the first thing you do, something that, that has gotten lost um, in, in politics and political warfare over the, um, uh, maybe over the last 20 years, maybe since Carl Rove. Is uh, is is kind of the, the classical way that you um, that you 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 know that, that you win in, in, in politics, which is you solidify your base and you make sure your base is taken care of, and then you work your way out to see if you can bring more and more people into your base by appealing to more and more people. You don't say, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be everything for everybody. Um, and in so doing, alienate your most enthusiastic supporters on whom you will need to rely. So um, this is a thing that, that Ronald Reagan got pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well, especially before, um, before he won his, his first election uh, in 1980. And, I mean, he famously went to CPAC and said, you know, no pale pastels. We have to be, you know, bold colors. And what he meant by that, speaking to conservative activists, was that these are the people that will form the backbone of your coalition. You know, the folks on the right are people who the Republican Party needs. It cannot afford to, uh, you know, it cannot afford to to have these people less enthusiastic, um, you know, for, for your voters than um than, 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 they could be. I mean, this is exactly what happened with, you know, it's the difference between Donald Trump's election in 16 and Mitt Romney's loss in, in 2012. Um, you know, when, when you put, when you put candidates and policies that, uh, that the, the, uh, the conservative base supports in red states, then, um, then they will get, um, you know, then they will get fired up and they will, um, you know, uh, and, and and you will win. Um, what Texas has been doing now, I think, is, is 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 fantastic. What Florida is going to be doing, I think, it's also fantastic. Other states need to come and, and 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 join the party here. You know, we need we need all red states to be twice as red, meaning twice as as as, as red policy wise, and uh, you know, let the blue states do what they're going to do because guess what, they're doing what they're what they're going to do anyway. You know, if you notice the, the Democrats, the Democrats in blue states will do exactly as much as they can get away with at all times, and this is not something that's part of the Republican Party's you know, uh, um, you know, emotional political constitution over the last uh, you know twenty thirty years. So they've got to um, they've got to fix that, and, uh, and and that's where I think at the end of the day, if there's any hope left for the country as it is. It's going to be that red states taking a stand against a um, you know a, a an overreaching uh, and 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 tyrannical federal government that you know at this point bears no resemblance whatsoever to uh, to the America of our founding. And I just want to just wanted to add on this topic. There's probably no one who's written. Better and more persuasively and, and and quite beautifully on this subject than uh, my late uh, you know friend and and, and teacher Angela Cotavilla, um, who passed away this week. Uh, so I, I recommend very highly um, if you want to check out my Substack. We have uh, um, I have a little uh, obituary there and uh, and a, a live stream podcast remembrance of him with several friends and colleagues at the Claremont Institute. Um, yeah, just wanted to uh, to, to mention um, Angelo and, and his importance when we think about all of these things.
0: Uh, yeah, rest in peace, by the way, and highly, highly recommend people go check that out. Talk about a brilliant man who saw things coming before they actually happened. Uh, Dave, one last question to you, because you brought up appealing to your base and turning out your base. What do you say, then, to the standard Republican consultant in D.C., who says if we do that, it'll it'll alienate the moderates. And that's how these losers run their campaigns every single time.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, there is an argument to that. You know, they have a point when they say that when they're running in New York City or in deep blue northern Virginia or in Maryland or in places like that. Or, you know, if you're a Republican running in in Illinois, uh, in Chicago, Okay, I see you've got a point there. You don't want to alienate people who, you know, in who, in, uh, in districts that are like 78% Democrat. I get it, but um, but Florida is another matter. Texas is another matter. You know, people have this idea, for example, that Florida is a swing state. Florida has had Republican um, state legislature and governor since um, since 1992, I believe. At, at all you know at all levels of um, of, uh, of of state politics Florida is 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 a, a a serious red state I mean we have cities and pockets that are um, that are that are leaving that lean blue um, but you know then again so does Texas and uh, I mean right now it should be our job and you know for all your listeners I mean I, I think your listeners are probably smarter than most they're probably already living in a red state. But uh, for a lot of other people, we all have friends that are in New York or New Jersey or, or elsewhere, and, and they're hating life because they're surrounded by people who despise them. So, um, you know, life is better when you move to a red state. If you're if you are on the right, why not be around people that don't hate you? Uh, even the most the most small and mundane things like going food shopping and knowing that the guy you know who pulls into the parking spot next to you. Doesn't despise you, probably as a Trump bumper sticker. You know, it's little things like that 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 that, that you know elevate a lot of uh, pressure and and negativity.
0: He he so, is um, not wrong in the least. I am telling you, as someone who's lived everywhere, the tiny life experiences make life better in a red state. My friend Dave Reboy, go subscribe to his Substack. You will be a lot smarter for it, Dave. Thank you, my brother.
3: Thank you. Take care.
0: Okay, we've talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again right now because John Kerry said something. How much of our cultural elite would fight for you if we went to war with China? Hang on. It is... The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm going to get to why Nancy Pelosi is my favorite here in just a second. And yes, I'm going to get to this John Kerry loyal to China thing. I have a bunch of emails, but again, I have to remind you tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions emailed in now. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Try to remember to put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line. And yeah, it's going to be a blast of a day. Remember, they don't have to be political. They can be. But all day long, the entire show, we're answering your questions. Now, I'll get to John Kerry and China, and I'll get to your emails here in a second. But I've long told you... Nancy Pelosi is my favorite politician in America. I've long told you that. She is detestable. She's maybe the most unlikable human being ever. She is a Disney movie villain. She is Corella DeVille. She's Corella DeVille brought to real life, and yet she has remained probably the most powerful woman in the United States of America for a long, long time. Nancy Pelosi was just asked about the $3.5 trillion bill, a bill we can't even come close to beginning to afford. We have inflation through the roof. The national debt will break this nation. Everything is going wrong financially at once, and they're trying to pass through this massive bill, and they ask the Speaker of the House about this, and this is what she said.
1: So it, it's a, it's not about a, a price tag or anything. It's about values, not dollars. <laughs> She's so awful.
0: And look, why do I love her, Jesse? Why do you love her? She constantly lays out the blueprint for the GOP. On how they should play the game. The GOP just never takes the right lesson from it. The GOP watches Nancy Pelosi. And what do they do? They pull their hair out. And they yell. And they scream. And they say things like, she's lying. Uh, "What's up?" She's a hypocrite. She knows how to play the game. She's the one out there winning consistently for a long time. While you whine about it. Do you remember? It's still my favorite moment ever. When Nancy Pelosi got caught in a salon with her stylist or whatever women call it and no mask on, and this is after she'd been telling the whole country to wear a mask and you're not allowed to go indoors and don't do any of these things. And then five seconds later, she gets caught on camera in the salon with no mask on and Nancy Pelosi She laid out the blueprint for the GOP on how to respond to controversy, and yet all the GOP did was yell and whine about it. Nancy Pelosi, when she got caught, when she got busted, did she stand up there and say, oh, you know, I'm just really embarrassed. I... I can't believe this happened in front of my spouse, I owe my district and my nation a, a deep apology and this will never happen again. No, that's what the GOP does. What's Nancy Pelosi do? This.
1: I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years, many times. And that um, when they said, what well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time. I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. So I take responsibility for falling for a setup. And that's all I'm going to (laughs) say.
0: Now, is that just low and detestable? I mean, the salon owner had to leave town. She got so many threats. Yes, it's disgusting. It's awful. That's how the game is played now. That's how the game is played now. Only the GOP would stand up in that situation. I am sorry. I I've issued a public statement. In fact, I'll be I'll be I'll be giving a donation to salon owners of America or something like that. I don't even know if that's a thing. Does Nancy Pelosi do that? No. She's too busy out there winning. Oh, I'm sorry I fell for a setup. What a setup. Been coming here for they set me up. What a bunch of scumbags. Anyway, back to the bills. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. All right, before I get to the John Kerry thing, I do have to play for you the Biden audio. This is Joe Biden in 1994. Remember all the compassion about Haiti talk you've heard recently, right? Haiti this and Haiti that. Well, here's compassionate Joe. Remember, he's always been a jerk.
4: If some of us are right on Bosnia, that uh, this ethnic (laughs) cleansing has the potential to rear its ugly head in ukraine and in the former soviet union where they have major arsenals of nuclear weapons where they have long histories of national wars uh, that is a phenomenal potential consequence the united states if haiti a god awful thing to say if haiti just quietly sunk into the caribbean or rose up 300 feet it wouldn't matter a whole but, lot
0: oh, that's so savage it's so savage Joe Biden in 1994. I mean, who cares about that dump anyway? If it fell in the ocean, it's fine. Gosh, he's always been that way. All right, let me get to a couple emails here before I get to this John Kerry stuff and the loyalty to their nation. Dear Bearcoat J. Steele Kelly or J. Steele Sombrero Kelly Third Esquire. You were dead on that church's chickens are not located in the best parts of town. Me and my friends were going to a concert in downtown Dallas. We decided to grab some delicious fried chicken prior to the concert, so we ventured into churches. We probably should have taken the bulletproof glass in front of the counter as a telltale sign this isn't a great part of town. However, we were hungry and decided to place our order for dine-in. Ooh, ooh. You don't generally want to dine in at churches. Not five minutes later, a man walks in gushing blood from his head, saying, Beep, hit me in the head with a brick. Simultaneously, all of us said in unison, We'd like that order to go. (laughs) We enjoyed delicious fried chicken in the parking lot of the concert venue. Thanks for the great program. He said, P.S. I was going to open a toupee shop, but of course, ruin that for me keep up the great work he says I can say his name his name is Lee yeah don't guys again we talked about this the other night two things nobody should do nobody should dine in to church's chicken it's the wonderful eat there but get it to go and the second thing fellas I'm looking at you right in the eye just you and me talking let the hair go let the hair go It's fine. Father time is undefeated. You're going to go bald. I promise you're going to go bald. It's going to go gray. It's just the way it is. Let it go. Let it go. All right, we'll get to a couple more here. Dear Pink Flower. That's not very nice. So this Sunday we have a route. In case you're wondering what he's he's referencing, my father, uh, a bit of a... uh, a harder man, you would probably say, a bit of a harder man. He used to, whenever I was sick, you don't get any coddles from my dad. <clears throat> so my dad would call me Pink Flower the entire time I was sick until I got back up and went back to work and went back to school. You don't get coddled in the Kelly household when you're sick. <laughs> All right, dear Pink Flower. So this Sunday, we had a rally outside of the State House in Boston to protest the vaccine mandate. I would like to go. I didn't want to go alone, so I texted five of my Republican friends. Guess how many stepped up to go with me and support the cause? Yep, you guessed it. Zero. It's so disheartening that they'd rather ignore the communists and sit on the couch and watch football. This is my best friend's quote on our group text verbatim. Quote, I know that a lot of people just want to stay comfortably in the middle, no waves, or alienate any of their liberal-leaning friends or family, and that's okay, and he signed it, demoralized patriot, and of course, he listens on the great WRKO in Boston, but listen, and I need, I need everybody to hear me here, because th- there's going to be a lot more of this where that came from, a lot more of this <laughs> in the coming days, in the coming years. You, you're somebody who gets it. You're somebody who sees how bad the problem is. And you and I, we're both going to be more active, right? Be more activists than we've ever been. Because we have to be. We don't want to be, but we have to be. You need to steel yourself for disappointment because there's going to be a lot of it. Over the last two years, I can't tell you how disappointed I've been and friends of mine on the right, who I thought were these absolute warriors for the cause. They would stand and fight. They, they'd they go to bat for the things that we believe in. And they just caved on everything. And it's just, it's been hard to watch. Now, listen, you know, it's not hard slipping into bed. When you have Giza dream sheets from my pillow, look, we talk about being more purposeful. We, look, I just got done talking to you about being activists. My Pillow is. Mike Lindell with MyPillow, he's not just out there selling the best pillows and sheets and slippers. He's fighting for us. Shouldn't we be more purposeful with where we spend and don't spend our money? And right now, those incredible Giza Dream Sheets, they're buy one, get one free with the promo code JESSE. You have to go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE and you can get Giza Dream Sheets, buy one, get one free. That's amazing. Or maybe you're driving right now, no big deal. Call 800-845-0544, use the promo code JESSE, 800-845-0544, go enjoy the best sheets around. Is he smarter than everyone?
4: Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, it's about time to get to John Kerry. I've been teasing it, but I did want to address this email because I've had a lot of these. The email says, I haven't seen a history podcast in a while. Is this Chris's fault? Or can we claim, can we blame the new beer run guy? Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> also, I've got an upcoming jewelry purchase in mind, and I wonder if Chris can give me some advice on that. <laughs> Actually, Chris absolutely could give you some advice on that, but we're not handing the microphone over to Chris. Sorry, Chris. Two, I do need to address the history podcast thing for the new listeners. I realize there's a bunch right before the show went mega, mega national a couple months ago with Premier. Obviously, we're thrilled, beyond thrilled about that. I opened every single show. The first hour of my show was a new history story every single day, which is a blast. I geek out on history. I love telling history stories. Then with this new schedule, as it moved, I simply don't have haven't had I, I don't have time to do the necessary history prep every day to do a good history story. And do five hours of media every day. I'm not complaining to you. I'm fine, but it's just I don't I don't have I don't have time. There's not enough hours in the day. So my plan was to do a history podcast once a week about everything. And I do history podcasts about everything battles and mafia stuff and diseases and everything you can imagine. The truth is this I don't have time. And to do a good history podcast. I need three or four hours, to be honest with you, of research and reading and doing different things, and then an hour to record it. I simply have not had time to do it. But, but, that situation is changing. It is changing. We are, they're building us a new studio for TV and radio. It's going to be a ton, it's going to be a lot more convenient one and two It allows me to go in without everyone else there and record some things I want to record. That's a long way of me saying, you do have history coming from me again. It is a passion of mine. I will never let it go. I have not been able to do it. I know you miss it. It is coming again. I have not let it go. All right? It is coming again. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not. It's not going to be the next day. It's not going to be next week. It is coming again, though. All right. (laughs) I've used this example before. I'm going to use it again because it's so true. Well, you know what? Pause that for a second. Let's talk about history for a moment. Athens and Sparta, ancient Greece. You know the two city-states, Athens and Sparta. They were the two big boys. I mean, there were other city-states that were significant, but those were the two big boys. And they fought a lot. They fought a big, long war. And at one point in time in the war, Athens had become such a broken place. And its cultural leaders, its cultural elites were so divorced from caring about the country, from caring about the city-state, they started working for Sparta from within the city-state. And I mean a vast quantity of them. Because what happens is any city, state, or nation, or society, when the rot gets deep enough, that rot will eventually lead the country. And this is what you're seeing right now in the United States of America. When the rot leads the country, you don't have people leading your cultural institutions who love the country. Remember, we've talked about it a million times. They all share the same three characteristics. No love of country, oftentimes hatred of country. No, little to no real world experience. And they believe they should rule over you. And part of that belief that they should rule over you is they believe the nation exists simply to serve them, not vice versa. They believe the nation exists to fulfill their needs. Now, what, where am I going with all that? What does that mean? Pick your cultural leader. I mean, we're about to talk about John Kerry, but this applies to all of them. Uh, Not just politicians. You could go Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi, but all of them. LeBron James is this way. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is this way. Our various actors and actresses, they're this way. Our professors are this way. They all believe this. They don't care about the country. There's no love. Oftentimes, there's hatred of the country. So if you get to a place where you're there, the cultural leaders look at America. They survey it and they simply look at it like a vulture looks at a dead cow carcass. At best, at best, they believe America is a big carcass that they should be able to gorge themselves on at their leisure. At worst, they're actively trying to ruin it. If China landed 30, 40 divisions on our California shore tomorrow, And started marching east. The number of cultural leaders in this country. Including generals I might add. Looking at you Mark Milley. Including generals. The number of cultural leaders in this nation. Who would set down the stars and stripes. And immediately begin marching with the Chinese army. Would shock you shock you you remember when mark milley by the way you remember when mark milley said this about the country keep in mind as you listen to milley say this china openly says that they, they're open about it they they intend to supplant america as number one uh,
4: china is not an enemy uh, and i think that's important for people to clearly understand uh, china is a rising power uh, china has been a rising power t- since uh, deng Xiaoping in 79 what normally happens historically where you have economic growth of that magnitude, typically follows military power Uh, and uh, they are going to develop themselves and are developing themselves uh, into a great power. That is not to say, however, that they are an enemy. I I am uh, friends, genuine friends, and
0: I admire the work that Shia Zhemua has done in China and many of you know him. And I look forward to working with China. That's right from Mark Milley to John Kerry. I'm not going to play it for you again. You remember John Cena, that wrestler turned actor? Remember his Chinese apology for saying the word Taiwan? Well, wait till you hear the latest audio from John Kerry next.
1: Walking through the streets of
0: Soho in the
2: rain. She said-
0: It is the Jesse Kelly show, and yes, it is finally time for the John Kerry audio. In case you're wondering, Jesse, why have you given out the phone number tonight? I've decided we suspended phone calls this week. No more phone calls tonight. No more phone calls tomorrow. Everyone's back on suspension. We may bring them back on Monday. As soon as I feel everybody has properly equipped equipped themselves to get right to the point. Right to the point. No hi, how are yous, no love the shows. Let's get right to the point. Now, if China landed 30 divisions on our shore tomorrow and started marching east, which of your cultural leaders would sign up with China immediately? Probably a lot of them. Another issue related to China is importing of solar panels, uh, because
4: clearly a priority of the Biden administration is really addressing climate. But it's not the only priority. There are other things right. as well, such as the Uyghur situation in the West. Uh, what, what is the process by
0: which one trades
4: off climate against human rights? Well, life, you know, life is always full of tough choices in, in, the, in the
0: relationship between nations. Are you comfortable talking about this? Should we have this conversation? How many of our cultural leaders are still loyal to the United States of America? I remember John Cena's apology. I remember Joe Biden and his son who were not supposed to talk about all these Chinese ties, John Kerry, Chinese ties. I know for a fact, and this is a fact, Hollywood, their movies get edited by China. China will call and say, cut this scene out. How many of our generals are compromised by China? Do we know? Should we know? Just, I'm not going to dwell on this too long, just a little food for thought, because I'm going to go somewhere else with this. There's so much talk today. There's so much talk today about nice, compassionate. We have to be nice. We have to be nice. We love things that sound nice and almost always those things that sound nice. They end up in violence. They end up in death. It's a disaster, a disaster. Peter Ducey had an exchange with Jen Psaki today, and this this might be a little difficult to hear because the reality of what happens down on the border is difficult to hear, but I'm going to expand on what he says after he's done. Let's talk about your nice immigration stance.
2: A final follow-up. You say the border is not open, but we're told by our teams on the ground, you guys are releasing Pretty much all family units, couples where the woman says that she is pregnant or single women who say that they are pregnant and that nobody actually has to take a pregnancy test unless they want to. So are how- you suggesting
1: you don't believe when women say they're pregnant? Is that a big issue we think at the border? I
2: am not in charge of keeping the border secured. Do you you think guys pregnant are.
1: Pregnant women are posing a big threat to the border? You tell me. To the border communities. You is tell that a big me. issue? You tell me. I'm not aware of pregnant women being a big issue of concern to people at the border.
0: Pregnant women are a big issue. They're a big issue. A huge issue. Are you sure? You sure we're ready to discuss hard truths? Because everybody and their brother, when you talk about illegal immigration, everybody's like, yeah, deport the criminals. We don't want that violent murderer here. Yeah, get get this predator out of here. You ready to have a real talk? The pregnant women who know they can walk into the United States of America and have a baby that's now an American citizen, they will break this nation. They're the reason you have 20, 30 million illegal immigrants in this country. It is a really, really, really big deal that we just decided we are anchor baby central you know what chain migration is? You know how this works? Oh, had a baby. Congratulations, buddy. You're an American citizen now. 10, 20 years. He'll be sending for grandma, grandpa, cousin, Bob soon got a whole gaggle of people with not an ounce of loyalty to the United States of America. Never been taught the values here. Frankly, don't care about the values here, but do love it that our roads are nice and we have good hospitals. Pregnant women are a big deal. And you know what? I'm not done on this yet. Speaking of women, and this is going to be, this is the part that's going to be difficult to say. I'll get through this in a way your kids can can listen. Don't worry. Like I said, it's always going to be a family show. You understand what happens to women ages like 12 and up on the way to the border, right? There are trees. How am I even going to describe this word? There are trees. Okay, There are trees on the various routes they're taking north. If you see one of these trees, I've seen them, you will notice uh, female undergarments on these trees. Why are those female undergarments on the trees? Well, those trees, they're called rape trees, where the coyotes who haul the women up to the border, they take the women there, assault them terribly, and then leave little trophies of what they've done at the tree. And no, that's not easy to hear, but I think for far too long, we have tried to put a nice face on some really 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 ugly things in this country and i'm not going to take part in it anymore do you know what mothers do you know what mothers give their daughters when they get ready to make the trip lo- north do you know you ready for this they give their daughters plan b because they know their daughters will be viciously assaulted Multiple times on the way to the border and they're trying to prevent them from getting pregnant along the way. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat around it because I want every single person listening to the sound of my voice to understand the stakes of your air fingers, quote, compassion with illegal immigration. I am going to give this to you right between the eyes. I don't care if it makes you mad. I don't care if it offends you. If you are one of these people who uses words like, well, I'm an immigration squish. Well, I mean, we should be nice on immigration. There's a nice way to do this. You enable child sex trafficking in mass, in mass. Do you remember what Laura Logan came on this show and said? We talked about it the other night. It, uh, this is not the only story I could tell you. It's the only one I'm going to convey. She sat down with a cartel leader right here in Texas. She sat down with a cartel leader who informed her they're trafficking children in mass across the border to be used in <clears throat> videos that will then be distributed for money. Are you still an immigration squish? Do you still feel like you're the nice guy? The compassionate one? This time of nice and nice sounding and compassion has got to stop right now because we are getting people killed and assaulted with all this nice crap. It has got to stop. And you know what? I'm not done on this because I have new statistics. I have a new chart in front of me right now jaw-dropping jaw-dropping you ready for this I'll tell you in a second but first you saw what the Fed just said about inflation right I'm gonna play you some Joe Biden audio here in a second too um, the financial situation in this country is very serious it's going to remain serious we have got to attack this problem and make preparations Part of your preparations are buying gold from Oxford Gold Group. Gold that is real and will be delivered to your front door. Again, not a piece of paper saying you have some gold. Not an email. Hey, we're holding some gold for you, Bob. Real gold you can hold in your hand. Oxford Gold Group has the reputation they have for a reason. Call them now. 833-995-GOLD-GOLD. 833 995 Gold. Call Oxford Gold Group. Tell them Jesse told you to call. 833 995
4: Gold. Missed out. Catch up. Jesse
0: Kelly I the jesse kelly show and once again a reminder tomorrow is an ask dr jesse friday for you new listeners that means get your questions emailed in now right now to jesse at jesse jesse at jesse try to remember to put ask dr jesse in the subject line They don't have to be political. They can be. The entire show on Friday, it's a little lighter, a little more fun, even though we try to keep it light and fun all week. It's all about you. The questions are anything you want. Men, women, food, travel, employment, whatever. Email your questions in. We will churn through as many of them as humanly possible tomorrow. Now, I promised you some more sobering numbers on... Nice in compassion, but I want, I want to pause for a moment because these numbers are going to be important here. <clears throat> I want you to, if you're not driving, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to remember the reaction of the nation after St. George Floyd died. The nation, everyone on the left, 95% of the right, politicians, pundits, They all just decided on a outright lie that had no statistical backing whatsoever. The lie was the cops are the problem in the urban black community. Cops are out there hunting down black men for sport. And once again, the GOP went right along with it. Let's get Tim Scott. Tim Scott's still out there today trying to push police reform. Oh, yeah, you're right. Cops do suck. Tim, where's Tim? Okay. Everyone got in on the action. Sports leagues. Instagram wanted you to put a black square out there to support Black Lives Matter. My own pastor, I'm not going to go into that story again, lost my church. All over the place. Black this and cops that and cops are evil and cops are racist and America's racist. And okay, Well, there was a lot of that lie floating around that lie as they often do prompted policy changes, real policy changes in this country. The kind of policy changes that if you'll pardon the pun, handcuffed police officers. Reduce the number of police officers. New York flat out took away their plainclothes unit. That's the unit that's proactive out there. We started springing violent criminals from jail. I'm sure they're just very oppressed by this racist system. Okay? That's very nice, isn't it? Isn't that so nice? I'm just overwhelmed by the nice of it. And the compassion? Man, it's so compassionate. Hmm. Okay. The change in the US murder rate. There is, this is a direct quote from the New York Times. There is no precedent for last year's increase in murder rate. The previous largest one-year increase was 12.7%. Did you know the murder rate increased last year by 30 and I don't know about you I don't know we have all kinds of different listeners because the show's on so many different cities but I only can speak for my area there weren't any more murders last year in my area than there were the year before I live in the suburbs of Houston Who are these 30%? Who are all these victims? They're black people in the urban black community. So I just, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let this go. I'm an accountability guy. I'm sick of the death that comes with the politics of nice. Where's Drew Brees? I remember NFL quarterback Drew Brees and his whiny Instagram videos about how bad America sucks. I remember every single athlete and actor. I remember every politician, GOP and Democrat. Oh, poor black people. These cops have to be reined in. This is the end of the world. I love black people. You should see all my black friends. I have a a black cousin. I dated a black chick once. I'm Mr. Black People. Everybody doing that nauseating routine. Look how not racist I am. Okay, that was you last year. Where are you now? Uh, anyone? Is this is this microphone on? I. Where are you now? That's weird. I don't. I haven't heard from Drew Brees in ages. I haven't heard from a single actor, athlete, politician, media person about black people dying in droves now, and they're not dying in droves because of some random fluke. These black people are dying, innocent, oftentimes innocent people, stuck in a poor black community, dying in droves. Why? Cowardice. It's really what it comes down to. The politics of nice and cowardice. I want to be Mr. Black People. Or, that's that's the politics of nice portion of it. The cowardice portion of it was... The legions of people, mainly on the right, the legions of people on the right who knew the, who knew the violent statistics, who knew the numbers, they knew cops were not out there doing this stuff in in, in droves. They knew these things to be a fact, and yet they couldn't stand up to media scrutiny. They wanted to do the Mr. Black People routine, and so they just went along with it. Oh, I, I, you're right. Hey, Tim Scott, he's my best friend. I love police reform. Where are you at now? Because these are real people who are dying. These are real. Oftentimes, these are kids, teenagers, women, and their life matters. I was told their life matters. And unlike everyone else who wanted to sound nice, I actually believe their life matters. Where are you now? Anyone? Oprah? Anything? I'm I'm waiting. I heard LeBron's stupid fat mouth running all year last year. Nothing? And nothing? Oh, I I guess it was all for show. Weakness and cowardice and the politics of nice. It's not just nauseating, it gets innocent people killed. It gets innocent people slaughtered. And not a single idiot on TV who was who was pushing this stuff last year has had to suffer the consequences like the poor black people have, and it's a disgrace. Hang on. <laughs> The Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday, one more day, one more day, only one more hour before Ask Dr. Jesse Friday officially begins. I've decided it begins the second the Thursday show is over. That's how excited I am about it. It's going to be a good one. All right. Now, I have few joys in life when it comes to politics. That's not true. I have a good time laughing about a lot of it. But one of the things I love the most is watching Ted Cruz destroy people. I just love it. Now, I understand there are a lot of Ted Cruz haters, a lot of Ted Cruz lovers. I am honest about my biases. Ted Cruz is a personal friend. I like Ted Cruz. I don't think he's ever going to be president, to be honest with you, but I like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is... If you ever spend any time with him personally, he's a huge nerd. He is probably the most intelligent person I've ever talked to in my life besides myself. What, Chris? He's In all seriousness, he is absurdly smart. And he not only was on the Harvard debate team, he used to argue cases in front of the Supreme Court. And as he has explained before, he's explained it on this show, you will get destroyed in front of the Supreme Court unless you're just on point, because all those Supreme Court justices, they've been doing this for years. They know how to walk you into traps and back you into corners. And so when I got to watch Ted Cruz grilling these law professors who all think they're smart, and he's grilling them about voter ID laws and why they're racist, I have to tell you, I enjoyed it. Uh,
4: in your judgment, are voter ID laws racist?
1: Um, so It depends. One thing we have to stop doing is treating all voter ID laws as the same.
4: Okay, so your answer, I I, I want to move quickly, so it depends is your answer? Yes, that's my answer. Okay, so what voter ID laws are racist?
1: Apologies, Mr. Cruz, your state of Texas. The fact that the voter ID law was put into place to diminish the political power of Latinos uh, with racist intent and had been found to have racist You're asserting that. What's
4: your evidence for that?
1: uh, the The federal district court that first... Resolve the constitutionality of Texas's voter ID law.
4: Okay, so your view is voter ID laws are racist. How about you, Mr. Yang? There are some voter ID laws that are racially discriminatory in intent. How about in, in practice? In intent, I find you you say there's some racist with with a malevolent yeah. intent lurking in the back of their mind. But Let's just talk about it as a practical matter. When I go to vote, they ask me for my ID. I pull out my ID. I show it to them. I vote. Is that racist? If the law that requires you to do that was motivated by racially discriminatory intent under our constitution. Set aside intent. intent. I'm asking about the effect. Yes, in effect, I think that there are discriminatory effects from a number of voter ID laws.
0: That's so wonderful because there's no explanation. right? Only he forces them to basically say that. And remember this, you always have to remember this about the communists and communism. There's a reason there's never, ever, ever any concrete goal given or concrete reason given. And this is not unique to American communists. I mean, Lenin, was he used to write about this and talk about it. There can never be something concrete where, hey, if we just achieve this, we're good. Or this policy will be able to achieve this. They're, they never discuss anything in those terms because if you discuss things in black and white, tangible things, you find out it's all such a horrible failure that it just simply does not work anymore. That's the reality of it. The reality is they can never give an example of anything they talk about, a concrete example, because it doesn't exist. And even if they did give it to you, they would simply change the definition the next day. That's why. Look, uh, Peter Ducey, he was talking to Jen Psaki about coronavirus and all the illegal immigrants. And remember, we've been we've been told about coronavirus that we're slowing the spread and Delta variants and surge, and we have to beat the virus. Remember, Joe Biden ran on beating the virus. Here was Ducey with Psaki.
2: Most of these people that are going into removal proceedings are being put on either buses from Del Rio uh, to El Paso and Laredo or being flown to Tucson with no COVID uh, testing unless they show symptoms. How is that helping anybody stop the spread?
1: Uh, Again, uh, we have a protocol and process in place as it relates to COVID in terms of testing and quarantining. And also vaccines are provided for a range of migrants by our partner organizations, in the region, what is happening now is that, as, an, as I outlined yesterday, is that if individuals cannot be expelled under Title 42, they are placed in removal proceedings, as you referred to. That may uh, re- that may require them being pa- placed in ICE uh, detainment facilities, or it may require being them give, being given a notice to appear, uh, where biometric data and other data is taken uh, in terms of their transportation methods. I'd certainly point you to the Department of Homeland. Security.
2: But why should somebody, say, in uh, Laredo, Texas, or El Paso, or Tucson, Arizona, have to have their chance of catching COVID go up because hundreds of miles away, there is an open border?
1: Well, there certainly is not an open border. Uh, We are continuing to employ our immigration proceedings and process and restrictions at the border. And that includes uh, the implementation of enforcing Title 42, which is an authority, a public health authority. It includes uh, moving people into either uh, a process for expedited removal or removal proceedings. That is our immigration process that we are proceeding underneath.
0: Is there anybody better at rolling out the communist line of saying absolutely nothing while saying a lot than this administration? They're not all about slowing the spread. They don't care about coronavirus. They're not going to beat it. Fauci's the same way. That's why you never, ever, 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 ever get a concrete answer from Fauci. Remember, we played you that clip a while ago. I'm not going to play it for you here of Fauci. They kept asking him about, okay, so when? uh, When can we stop? Well, I mean, it has to get better, and we should be able to get ahead. Okay, well, when can we get ahead? Well, if enough people, okay, well, what's enough people mean? Well, a little later on, there's a reason they don't ever give you something concrete because they never want it to end, and there's a reason communists never give you concrete stuff when it comes to their policies. They can't. They can't. It can never be measured on the tangibles. It can never be measured on something you can hold in your hand. It is always measured on feelings, on how this makes you feel. And here's what's here's what's a bit disheartening. How it makes you feel affects much, much more than just the left in this country. The right is really really, really susceptible to this too, because the system is so powerful and so many people want to be accepted by the system. I want to be invited on this TV show. Uh, I want I want I want to hang out with the stars. I want it, I want and so people on the right, even though they know something is wrong and something is disastrous, it sounds good. It makes me feel good. It makes them feel good. So that's what they do. That's what they do. And look, like I said earlier in the show, we are run by children now. We had a mounted Border Patrol guy stopping illegal immigration, doing nothing wrong. All of a sudden, the Internet gets mad about a picture, and we're stopping mounted patrols?
1: People should take away that his actions make clear how horrible and horrific he thinks these images are, including an investigation, including a change of policy, uh, including conveying clearly that this is not acceptable and this is—he's not going to stand for this.
0: You know what? We're done with this for now. I've decided I want to be a dictator. Why? Because man, do they get to do some really awesome stuff? I was uh, recently doing some reading on uh, Mohammed Qaddafi, Muammar. Mu- 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 Muammar Gaddafi, Gaddafi, the Libyan dictator. and some of the crazy stuff he would do, like he had his <laughs> he had his son playing professional soccer on one of the Libyan soccer teams. only he wasn't very good, except he won like every match and of course he started and whatnot. and he ends up getting Gaddafi gets some European soccer team to sign his son who wasn't near good enough to play, but there were all these shady financial deals to get him signed to the team. And man, don't roll your eyes, Chris. I think this would be a blast. I mean, I could sit and think about all the things I would do. I may copy what this South American vice president did because I think it would be awesome. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, um, pure talk. It's such a joy having switched to Pure Talk because I know I know how much you pay with Verizon and AT and T and T Mobile. I've had all of them at some point in time, and when you get to a family, these family plans it's ten times as backbreaking. Pure Talk they disrupted the whole industry because they're on the exact same network, right? So there's no 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 you don't sacrifice any coverage, yet it saves the average family over eight hundred dollars a year. And their customer service is right here in the United States of America. It's the top rated wireless company of consumer affairs. They're incredible. Take it from me. From your cell phone right now, they make it easy. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly you'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from Pure Talk. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, I want to be a dictator. Listen to this. I realize this guy's not a dictator, but I would do so much stuff like this. 60-year-old vice president of a tiny South American nation picked himself to play for the pro soccer team he owns in an elite match. (laughs) I'll be frank with you. I went to community college. I am not a highly educated man, and um, I had no idea this country even existed. Chris, uh, am I alone here? The country is called Suriname. S U R I N A M E. Anyone, you've heard of this? My new guy, Michael's heard of it. Chris, well, never mind. I know why Chris hasn't heard of it. He's an idiot too. Uh, where is this place? Near the Caribbean? Okay. Um, it's really weird. There's a nation out there that I didn't have, have never heard of before. But that, that would be even more fun if you were the dictator of a tiny country, right? Because you don't actually have to do anything. You strike a couple trade deals and then you spend the rest of your time luxuriating around the world while you come home and oppress your people. And I would pick myself for every single sports team. It'd be awesome, Chris. No, tell me, tell me this wouldn't be awesome with the first pick in the NFL draft. Jesse Kelly to play quarterback and I can't even throw. I mean, I'm okay, but I can't even throw. And yet they would never be allowed to sack me. So they'd just be running around, just falling at my feet. Gosh, that would be so much fun. I mean, look, I think, I think the dictator life is good. Is right for me. I think when the United States of America, when we do finally get the national divorce that we, there's no question we need When we do finally get the national divorce we need, I think I should be the dictator of one of these nations just until, don't roll your eyes, Chris, just until we get a constitutional republic set up, which will go into effect after I die. Yes, that's exactly right. Like Napoleon, that worked out fine, right? I don't see what the big deal is. I'm going to rule everything Now, you know what? I won't even call myself dictator. I'll call myself shogun as uh, as just a gigantic bone to the Jesse Kelly show loyal. I'll be the shogun of our new nation. I will rule with an iron fist. Females will be banned from wearing ballet flats. There will be no tomatoes on sandwiches. Uh, It will be uh, probably a stricter country than you're used to. But, man, will it be fun and prosperous. Sultan is not cooler than Shogun, Chris. Stop saying that. Sultan is not cooler than Shogun. And it's really weird to hear a Jewish guy sitting on the side of the Sultan. I don't know whether you've thought that through at all, but clearly you have not. Anyway, we're moving along here before we get in even more trouble than usual. Allow me to hit a couple more emails. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. I heard you malign the hyenas when comparing them to lions the other night. I felt the same way until I saw a PBS special where a hyena was mauled by an adult male lion and has left a bloodied mess on the ground. Suddenly, he got up, began to walk toward the cover of the brush, and was accosted by another male lion and had one of his front legs bit off above the elbow. Good grief, bro. Again, the lion walks away. The hyena got up on three legs, intestines dragging on the ground. Good grief! And bloody from head to toe, and walked toward cover. This animal did not know the meaning of defeat. Hey, he may even have been a United or been able to be a United States Marine. I gain new respect for hyenas, although yes, they're uglier than lions. Okay, my theory. In case you're wondering, what he's talking about is. I have a beauty theory. I don't even think it's a theory. I think it's fact. Beautiful people, beautiful things, they're simply given an easier life than ugly things. Look, everybody, everybody, men and women, every person hearing the sound of my voice knows the pretty girl in high school, remembers the, the, the hot girl in high school. Did she have it rough? Was it a tough existence for the hot girl in high school? And look, it works the same for dudes. They do all these studies. Handsome dudes make like 50% more money than ugly dudes. I mean, why do you think I'm in radio? Oh, quit, quit. I'm joking, Chris. But in all seriousness, it applies to the animal world too. I was saying the other day, whenever you see these nature shows and the hyenas fight the lions, everybody fights the, everybody cheers for the lions. Everybody. Well, Why? Do you personally know some lions? Have you had extended conversations? Do you share a religion? Do they all vote Republican? Do you know some deep, dark thought about lions that you don't know about hyenas? No. You know why you root for the lion over the hyena? Because the lion is this beautiful creature and the hyena looks like God was half sauce that day when He put that thing together. You weren't, Lord. I'm not saying you were. Please don't strike me down. But it's just a hideous-looking beast that sounds and looks awful. Therefore, you've decided the hyena is the bad guy because he's ugly. How about that about yourself? I will correct this email on one thing, though. He does say the the hyena did not know defeat. This is right after he got done saying the hyena had his legs bit off and his intestines ripped out. That sounds like defeat to me. Uh, Maybe I'm a little harsh. I, I don't know. Moving on. This one starts with, holy crap, Jesse, this show is awesome. Oh, I like this guy already. I saw you on Fox one evening and recently and immediately subscribed to the podcast. Thank you for calling the communist pieces of, I can't say that word, for what they are. You are killing it, Jesse, and I'm going to get my son at UCLA to listen to you. Love the demo all elite colleges statement. Tell me about it. I'm paying for one of them. Ooh, UCLA is not cheap either. Not cheap. Chris, look up UCLA's tuition after this. By the way, I was a very average marine helicopter pilot for 15 years. Now I'm a beep good airline pilot for 22 years. You're welcome in my cockpit anytime. Semper Fi, Jesse. How about that, Chris? We're going to score some free flights. Uh, If you are the pilot of a private aircraft, I would prefer to fly privately for the rest of my life. However, I can't afford to do so. So feel free to email us back at jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right. January 6th. You remember that dark day? Uh, We have new video. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Uh, Look, Chris, the guy was talking about sending his kid to UCLA, and I'm going to get to this January 6th, worse than 9-11 thing here in just a second, but the guy was just talking about an email about how he sends his kid to UCLA, and I had Chris look it up during the break. 65 G's a year. A year. Most people don't make that much in a year. That's what it costs to go to school. Gosh, that is brutal. And so this blessed me. So, you know, on top of everything else I'm bad at, I'm a bad parent as well. And because I'm a bad parent, I have told my sons for years, years. My sons are 11 and 12, and I've told them since they were old enough to remember, you are kicked out of this house when you graduate high school. You're not staying here anymore. Oh, but what about, I don't care. Go be poor somewhere. Go get a crappy apartment in the bad part of town. Get your car broken into. Go have to find a roommate. You go find out. You leave suburbia and you go find out what it's like to live on Top Ramen. You go find out what it's like to have to find free food somewhere when you run out of money. Go fly, little birdie. Fly. And I'm not kidding either. The wife knows I'm not kidding. They're gone. They are gone. I believe it is critical to kick these boys out and make them go find out how to live. Don't, don't get out of your parent bubble. There'll be no 26-year-old Kelly living in my house. You leave. I'm going to make out with the wife in the living room and take sweet vacations while you're poor. It's going to be awesome. But my oldest son, James, this morning blessed me. He told me, dad, dad. Are you going to kick me right out the day I graduate or do I have time to get myself situated before I go to trade school? (laughs) How about that? How about that? No communist university in my son's future. My son, he's going to be a plumber and everybody who went to uh, Stanford with their $200,000 in student loan debt and they're going to get out making 80 grand a year and they're going to be all, oh, your son's a plumber. And they're they're not going to say it, but they're going to give the friends the side glance. Oh, man, a plumber, right? Yeah, my kid's going to start his own plumbing business by the time he's 30, and he's going to be a millionaire by the time he's 40. Why do I think that? It's not because I think my kids are better than your kids. It's because every plumber I know is rich. Every single HVAC guy I know, they're all rich. Rich. Rich, rich, I'm talking Mercedes-Benz, dime of a wife, mansion with a pool. You think I'm kidding about college? These trades, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. um, Do you think people are going to get tired of electricity? Do you think indoor plumbing is going to go out of style? Do you think America is going to wake up tomorrow and be all, man, I can't stand this air conditioning. And this indoor heating, it is terrible. Unless you think those things are going to happen, you have fields that are always in demand. Not only are they always in demand, people don't want to do them because this society for some reason has decided they're going to look down on blue collar work. Ew, a plumber. Yeah, I've paid a plumber $300 for 45 minutes of work one time, an emergency situation on the weekend. These guys, they go and they learn a trade, become a plumber, become an HVAC tech, do that stuff for a little while. Doesn't take very long. Doesn't take very much. You start your own little shop and you don't buy an office. Don't do that. People who with startups office comes last. Don't add on overhead just so you can feel fancy and have an office. A lot of the plumbers I know, they either do it from their home or they do it out of their plumbing truck or HVAC truck. Eventually you'll get a truck. Start bouncing around. You're going to start making really nice money. If you so desire, you're going to stash a little away. Maybe get a second truck, second employee. Soon, got four or five trucks. Maybe you did open a nice little office now. Maybe you got 10 employees. Nothing major. No big deal, right? Yeah, you're bringing in eight, nine $900,000 a year. How's that Stanford education and that $200,000 in student loan debt looking now? Better go make it big when you get out of that because you're going to be 35 by the time you pay off your student loans. Now, obviously, I'm joking. I don't know what my son's going to do. It's just something he said. But I hear these stories time after time. And I, I, because of what I do, I have friends in every walk of life. I, I know the Stanford guys. I know the plumbers. I know the restaurant owners. I talked to so many people and I'm telling you consistently the guys who did the trade school life, they're the richest friends I know. They're the richest friends I know. And everyone still looks down on them. And most of them, most of them don't flaunt it. They don't share it. And in fact, most of them have a great sense of humor about it. They eventually get off on telling people, Oh, I'm a plumber. Just to kind of see the reaction out of everyone. Because you're not thinking anything of it, right? And in the back of his mind, he's thinking, yeah, I'm a plumber. And my car is nicer than yours. And my wife's hotter than yours is. That's what they're thinking.
1: Yeah, look.
0: Do what you want with your life. Don't ever, 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 though, don't be a slave to tradition. I see this all the time. Especially parents who A, want to look good in front of the neighbor, and B, have an alma mater they love. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, where Where's your son? I, I hear it all the time in my neighborhood. Where's your son going to college? Did he get into this school? My son got into that school. It's bragging rights for the parents. The schools the kids got in. I hear that, and I hear this. Where's your kid going to school? My kid? He's going to Howard like I went to Howard. And actually, I'm not calling out Howard. I don't know this, but yeah, do you know uh, Howard... They're a big Black Lives Matter school. They're going to learn to hate America. It's my alumni. He's going to Howard like dad did. Uh, con- congratulations. Do you get something special out of that? Do you get an extra merit badge or something if your kid goes to the same college you did? Look, look, I'm just a dumb construction worker. I- I'm an RV salesman. I-, I went to community college and I didn't even get an associate's degree from there. I'm an idiot, so maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. But I hope you enjoy that class ring. Hope your kid gets the same one. Hope you don't spend six figures so your kid can unlearn everything you ever taught them. That's just what I hope. All right. Remember January 6th? I mean, you remember it, right? I'm sure you remember it because I remember... The absurd rhetoric that came out of January 6th, once again, from the left and 90% of the right. I remember that day. This is the darkest day in America. Oh my goodness, it's a coup. It was dangerous. We all almost died. And of course, because the right is so stupid, they didn't know the left was going to use that rhetoric to further their own goals. And, per, and persecute their political enemies. So the right went all right along with it, right? You certainly can't take a strong stance on everything. You're right. It was scary. They should all go to jail forever. on Stupid stuff like that. Well, there's been something interesting about January 6th. The surveillance video. Because the Capitol, it's, it's basically the most surveilled place in America. There's cameras everywhere. And yet there was 40... 1,000 hours of surveillance video they were not allowing to be released. Now, why? Why would that be? I mean, if I was trying to persecute my political enemies and I had video of them trying to take down America, which is what we were told, I mean, shoot, I'd I'd want everyone to see that video. I mean, I don't know about you. If there was a violent coup attempt, I'd like to see it, right? I, I mean, I'd like to know. If that's something that took place took place in my country, I think, I think I should know about it. Well, we actually have some new video out now. I'll tell you about it in just a second. Jesse
4: Kelly. Back soon.
0: Jesse Kelly Show. Final segment before Ask Dr. Jesse Friday begins. Get your questions in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com jesse at jessekellyshow.com Gosh, tomorrow is going to be so much fun. So again, back to the January 6th thing. Of course, Republicans caved on it like the losers they are and went along with the narrative early on. Then eventually they woke up and figured out maybe this isn't smart. Maybe they're going to use this to crush us. But The narrative was set then, and since then, the left, the FBI, everybody has used January 6th as, you know, the Reichstag fire, the excuse to go after their political opponents. But they wouldn't release the video. There was 40,000 hours of surveillance video of what took place in the Capitol, and they didn't want it released, which is so weird. Well... They lost a little legal battle yesterday in a judge. They ruled in favor of a media coalition because the media, there's still some decent media left the media. They were wanting their hands on the footage. Why can't I see the footage? Why, Why are you blocking us from the footage? The prosecutors had refused to release the footage stating the release to the public could threaten the security of the building, which is of course ridiculous. The judge, yesterday, he ordered the footage released, and wow, that doesn't look like September 11th to me at all. It doesn't look like Pearl Harbor to me at all. These are all words the Democrats have used to describe this day. I know you can't see it because this is radio. You know what it looks like? It looks like if you were standing at the door of the mall on Saturday and a bunch of people were outside and the security guard opened the door. And if you think I'm exaggerating, we will put up the video on our Twitter account at Jesse Kelly show. And it's really benign. It's just a bunch of normal people sauntering into the Capitol building. now. Obviously, you can say they shouldn't be there, and obviously they shouldn't have. I don't know what was said to them, what wasn't said to them, whether they knew or didn't know I wasn't there that day. not going to sit here and pretend like it was a great day, but that ain't no insurrection. That ain't no coup. It looks like the mall just opened, and everyone's heading to Cinnabon for a breakfast cinnamon roll. That's what it looks like. Don't you dare turn your... Did you just turn your nose up at Cinnabon, Chris? Excuse me? Is this a religious thing? Are you people allowed to eat cinnamon rolls? You are? Then what's wrong with Cinnabon? (sighs) He's such a child. He said, why would you have that when there's a delicious bagel waiting for you? Now, I say this. I was going to make fun of you, but the truth is, in my opinion... The greatest breakfast food on earth is a breakfast bagel. Get an everything bagel with bacon, egg, and cheese, and mayonnaise on there, Chris, in your stupid face, and mayonnaise. That's probably the best thing there is, but that doesn't mean we have to be disrespectful and dog on Cinnabon. I know you said it's not that good. That's my problem with what you said. It is that good, and the smells. Oh, my gosh, the smells. In fact... I've always wondered this. Why do all these ladies' perfume companies, why do they bend over backwards to find all these new scents? Why don't you just get her a perfume that smells like Cinnabon? I would be all over. Ladies, don't get around me if you smell like Cinnabon. I'm telling you, it'll all look like a lion and you're a wounded gazelle. (laughs) Let's get to some headlines I didn't get to. Harry and Meghan visit the World Trade Center Observatory with de Blasio and Hochul. How sad is the Prince Harry story? I mean, I don't care about the royals, but this dude, this dude was actually a helicopter pilot in Afghanistan. He was like a dude's dude at one point in time, and he just hooks up with the wrong woman, and he simply just, he's a eunuch now. And I, I, the reason I sound sad is I've had buddies like this. I've had a couple buddies. I was in the Marine Corps like this. I'm talking meat-eating super assassin types. And some dime comes along. I mean, you know how weak we are for dimes. And gets her hooks in him. And soon, he's just a big dork. And gosh, it hurts to hear. Headline. Biden's approval rating has gotten so low that Kamala is now six points higher. <sighs> this spells disaster for them at the midterms. I do have a theory. Now, this is just a theory. I'm not, I look, I don't want to go all oracle on you. I'm not saying this is going to happen. This is a theory. I don't know that they keep him through the midterms if he stays that low. Remember, the thinking was always. They'll keep Joe Biden through the midterms, then kind of escort him out the back, bring in Kamala Harris. Well, what's the point of keeping him through the midterms if he's more unpopular than Kamala knees Harris? What, Chris? Chris said she gets 10 years if they keep him through the midterms. Buddy, she's not doing 10 years anywhere. Uh, I She is so unlikable that I, I I think they're going to attempt to oust her for the reelection campaign. They're just they have done everything humanly possible to make Kamala work, but the, the truth is, outside of a very specific skill set, Kamala Harris just doesn't know what to do to get ahead. Headline: Fed forecasts higher employment and worse inflation and lower growth. Why do you think I come talk to you about Oxford Gold Group every day? Get some gold. 833-995-GOLD. Get some gold. These people are nutso, and they are slapping us around. Get gold delivered to your house. Headline, Dems party on the D.C. rooftop sans mask despite virus mask rules. What have I told you? Does this show they're a hypocrite, that they're hypocrites? It shows you they're not worried about coronavirus. If I told you there were landmines on the lawn and the next day you saw me dancing on the lawn, you would not say I'm a hypocrite. You would say he was lying about the landmines. Tomorrow, Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We're going to have fun, I promise. That's all. It's
3: all right.